Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on the canola crop. Up first in today's country comment, we'll have an update on the Inglis Elevator Project. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The iconic row of grain elevators built 100 years ago in the town of Inglis received $25,000 through the Heritage Resources Conservation Grant to complete the upgrading of the fifth and final elevator. Golden West reporter Betty Swatsky spoke with committee chair Judy Bowerice. It's to replace the wood siding and paint the exterior of our last elevator in our row of five. So tell us a little bit about, for those who aren't familiar with sure. your project that you're working on, uh, what is it and when did this start? Now I guess how long has this been going on? Okay. Um, Inglis hosts the National Historic Site. The honour of having the last row of the five wooden prairie elevators in the world. We became a National Historic Site in 1996. Um, They were restored in 2006, and because they were wood, 20 years down the road, we had the task of having to restore the five elevators. Um, Because we are a historic site, we have to pay some attention to historic detail. In five years ago, the board met and came up with a five-year plan in which we would maintain and uh, repaint and restore the five wooden giants. It was a huge task. To give you an idea, to paint one elevator, repaint it, restore it, $65,000 to $80,000. We are a non-profit charity. So when we took this on, it was sort of, if you pardon the metaphor, like trying to eat an elephant one step at a time. And we just did it. Um, We began, as I said, five years ago. I'm happy to report that as as of September this year, we will have repainted and restored all of the elevators. That was Judy Bowerice, committee chair with the Inglis Elevator Project. She was speaking with reporter Betty Swatsky. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Five agricultural ambassadors have been selected as the 2021 inductees into the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame. The names include Gordon Bacon, Dr. Don Buckingham, Stan Eby, Joanne Ross, and Dr. Phil Williams. The 2021 induction ceremony is scheduled for November 21st in Winnipeg. The 2020 inductees will also be formally recognized at the ceremony. In light of the recent announcement that Ontario has decided to increase the agri-stability compensation rate from 70 to 80%, the Canadian Federation of Agriculture is urging other provinces to follow suit. 
Here's CFA Vice President Keith Curry. We're happy to see that Ontario did that. Uh, Quebec and BC had done it earlier. Really, we're, we, it would be nice if all the provinces came on board, but we're asking the federal government to honour uh, their share of the 60% of those that have, have declared that they will bump up the coverage to 80%. CFA hopes to see Canada-wide adoption of the increased compensation rate for agri-stability across all provinces and with federal support. And the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef has announced the launch of its global sustainability goals to advance and improve the sustainability of the global beef value chain. And Wasco is chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef and is part of the global organization. She fills us in on the group's global sustainability goals. So the first one is climate. And the global goal to reduce the net global warming impact of beef by 30%. And the second one is under land use, and it's ensured the beef value chain is a net positive contributor to nature. And the third one is in the area of animal health and welfare. And basically the goal reads to provide cattle with an environment in which they can thrive, achieved through adoption of best practices. She notes the global goals fit in with the CRSB's goals that were announced last fall. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, July 13th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get an update on the Prairie Canola crop. Joining us now is Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada to give us an update on the prairie canola crop. We are dry across the prairie, um, dry and um, also really warm. So the, the heat waves that have been moving through Alberta have been seeing that, um, which is obviously not normal for them. Uh, so canola is, is struggling within this heat. Uh, we really need some timely rains. Uh, this over the weekend in Alberta, they did have some kind of scattered showers and some bigger thunderstorms. Uh, but we're going to continue to need those to help kind of revive this crop and push it through the heat that we've been seeing this summer so far. Just looking forward here, Manitoba. Anyways, it's supposed to the heat's supposed to continue here this week. Um, I guess still still concerns there. Or? Yes, yeah, continued concerns. Uh, I know there were some thunderstorms roll through the area last night, uh, but looking at the forecast, you know, we're kind of 30 degrees each day. Um, overnight, it doesn't quite cool off enough, so there's still that elevated stress within the crop. Um, bulk of our acres are in flowering right now, right, which is uh, kind of that really susceptible stage for heat blast. What happens there is the, the pods don't end up forming. Um, so they drop off. Uh, with how dry it's been, we're also going to really struggle to uh, fill those pods. So yes, we might have pods forming, uh, but then the seeds within them will not uh, kind of bump up and be full. Uh, so that's just something to be watching for, especially if we start seeing some stunted pods. Um, you know, the canola is starting to root really deep, so it's getting into some of that, you know, subsoil moisture. Uh, but we continue to need moisture throughout this really hot, hot period. I like that the forecast doesn't look overly promising. Um, we've got some, some continued high temperatures to, to look out for. Any issues with, with disease at this point or...? You know, that's one thing in a dry year, our fungal pathogens don't really care for. Um, so sclerotinia risk has been very low. Um, we're starting to get a little bit more humidity, so there's that potential for it. But typically, uh, a disease like sclerotinia, which is one we're trying to manage right now, it, it needs um, some soil moisture, and it needs uh, quite a bit of it to get the squirrels uh, to germinate and, and produce uh, new spores to cause infection in this year's crop. So uh, disease overall has been, has been low 
Um, when we look to other diseases like club root, they need moisture throughout the entire canopy as well, or, or within that soil uh, to really spread and cause lots of damage. So um, n- not a big year for, for disease concerns. Our, our focus has actually kind of shifted more over to insects this summer. Uh, a lot of insect species uh, thrive in these hot, dry conditions. Talk a little bit more about that and, and what you're seeing there. Yeah, you know, when we look at prairie-wide, um, southern Alberta is kind of typically our cabbage seed pod weevil area. Um, the growers had to manage them early on, high levels. Um, so they were kind of spraying them, going into flowering. Uh, now there's also pockets across the prairies that are dealing with ligus. So that's something for all growers to kind of um, make note of. I, I know I've been finding them here in Manitoba as well. Uh, right now is not the kind of the damaging period for them. They feed on the pods, and, and that's where that uh, you know yield loss will come from. So getting out there and just sweeping, seeing what kind of numbers you're at. Uh, while you're out sweeping, you know, look for, for cabbage seed pod weevils. That's something that's kind of new for Manitoba. So kind of exploring that and finding where they are within the province. Um, as we move on, we're also dealing with grasshoppers. Uh, grasshoppers are out there. Typically, they don't feed on canola. Um, but, you know, we, if, if it continues to be this dry and the grass has started to disappear, they will move into anything that's green and start feeding. So just like the, being out there scouting is the, the best thing that we can be, be doing right now. That was Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. The lack of precipitation has started to affect the cattle market in parts of western Canada. Golden West David Zamet recently caught up with Donnie Peacock, an auctioneer for Swift Current's Heartland Livestock, to gain some insight into why the cattle market has started to struggle. Boy, there looks to be a very, very drought-driven run going to happen here through July and August. Unless we get some very, very significant rainfalls, uh, the cow run has been big so far and it's been very, very strong up until two weeks ago, and then from the top cows bringing a dollar to a dollar ten for the big fat kill cows, they are now in that 85 to 95 range. Certainly uh, significant. Uh, no doubt that's looking towards the volumes that are coming. We're also starting to see some people digging into their very own replacement breeding heifers and bringing those to town. Fortunately, the feeder cattle market very active right now. You hearing much provincially about the cattle market? You know, I guess, what's going on with that? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. A big portion of this province is uh, drought significant. Uh, We could, if it doesn't change, we could see uh, one of the most major sell-off of cow herd this fall that I've seen in my lifetime, and I've been around a while. I guess what is currently moving uh, at a decent price? Uh, the replacement heifers that people are bringing and hoping to be able to hang on to the mature cows, so far they're very, very strong. Uh, we've had some very good eight-weight uh, black, black brockle heifers trading from by the pound for the feeder market from fourteen twenty up to $1,520 a head. So that, that's very, very active, very significantly on the positive side. So it certainly could be a bit of a buyer's market. I mean, they could uh, get some cattle at uh, cheaper prices potentially. Well, the only thing is, is where are people going to go with these cows? My fear is uh, if uh, feed hay is unavailable to buy or if it's, uh, you know, north of $200 a ton, will these cows just come to town and sell and go to the packer buyers? I mean, uh, it it could be really serious. And uh, 
uh, our Saskatchewan cow herd could be in jeopardy of dropping major numbers, and I don't think it'll ever bounce back if it does. What's the outlook uh, ahead for uh, Heartland Livestock? You guys got a bunch of cattle coming in in the next little bit, or? Yeah, well, we already have a thousand yearlings booked for this uh, coming Tuesday sale, and I mean those those cattle. Uh, some of them are breeding quality heifers that never would have come to town, but have been staying home and raising their own calves in the upcoming years. And some of them are grass or yearlings that uh, would not have traded for uh, for another month, month and a half. Is there anything else about the market that stands out to you currently? It is very, very uh, uh, on a cliff with what feed becomes available. And maybe if there's some crops wrote off by crop insurance and turned into feed, that might possibly uh, work to save a cow herd. But uh, we're moisture dependent from here on in to see what's going to happen. That was Donnie Peacock, an auctioneer with Swift Current's Heartland Livestock, chatting with Golden West reporter David Zemmons. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of David Zammett, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Semental Association has moved its AGM online this year, July 24th. Visit their website for viewing information. And Keystone Agricultural Producers' Summer Advisory Council meeting will take place online July 28th at 9 a.m. Go to the CAP website to register. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef recently launched its global sustainability goals to ensure that sustainable beef can remain part of an important global supply chain. Ann Wasco is chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. The conversation around beef sustainability is growing, um, globally especially, and, and I think more important now than, than ever before. And so in, in terms of that conversation, uh, globally, the GRSB certainly saw the need to, to set goals to, to show that the industry is, uh, is you know, prepared and ready to, to advance sustainability. She notes the global goals focus in on climate, land use, as well as animal health and welfare. And the Canadian Federation of Agriculture is concerned about the negative impacts on family farms that will come from the delay to enact Bill C-208 as legislation. The Finance Department has said that they are delaying the implementation of the bill until January of 2022 and will likely be making amendments in order to close potential tax loopholes. Here's CFA Vice President Keith Curry. We're saying uh, get this implemented right away because, you know, there's big farms that a lot of them are incorporated now, and, you know, our, our farm community is looking aggressively at succession planning for their family. As you know, 90% of our farms are family-owned and operated, and through a, a corporate structure now that's more more common in farming, it makes it much more difficult under the old laws. Uh, in fact, it's easier to, to sell to uh, someone you don't know, a stranger, as opposed to selling to your family. So we'd like to see those changes implemented right away as soon as possible. CFA has reached out to the Finance Department and will work to ensure that the intent of Bill C-208 remains intact and is law as soon as possible. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, 
We'll have details on the five inductees into the 2021 Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.